We're rolling. Welcome to the House Dudes Podcast, where we invite you to follow us on our journey towards financial freedom using the power of real estate. I'm Jack Haas. And I'm Josh Koth. Here at House Dudes, we believe in a couple key principles. Number one, the best way to retain information is by teaching it to others. And number two, a rising tide lifts all boats. We're not competitors, we're a community. So let's get into some real estate investing. So we have Karen Briscoe. Did I pronounce that right, Karen? Correct. Yes. Well, I appreciate you being on the on the call here today and joining us on the podcast. But I really wanted to talk to you about some of your uh, concepts and some of the many books you've written. But why don't we start things off with you introducing yourself a little bit and, and we'll go from there. Well, thank you for having me on the House Dudes because I think that that's a great topic in my world is real estate and investing. And I am a mega real estate agent in the Northern Virginia, Metro Washington, D.C. area. So just think Amazon HQ2 and you've just found my market. And I have been in residential since 2002, achieved success at a pretty high level pretty quickly and caught the attention of a top producer. She was actually number 10 in the nation at the time. And so I became her partner in 06. And then in 08, uh, sadly, she passed away the same month the financial markets crashed. So Hmm. I had the opportunity to rebuild and I am resilient. I uh, set about doing that, brought in my business partner in 09, Lizzie Conroy. And in the process of rebuilding, Many people said, well, how did you do it? I mean, first of all, how did you become successful quickly? Then, you know, becoming, taking over a mega agent's business and then living through the crash and then uh, recovering from that and then going on to thrive. How, how did you do it? That, that was a question that, so I would tell stories and, you know, stories have a way of being more sticky than Mm -hmm. information that's just heavy perhaps sometimes or or a little more boring. And then inspiration along the same lines is beneficial, but sometimes it's a little, doesn't have enough uh, substance to it. So this combination of these stories, it's information, inspiration, and I'd been writing a blog since 09. And that led to many people say, I should write a book. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of real estate books out there, programs, as, as you are full, uh, fully aware of. Oh, yeah. What I wanted to do was something unique. And the one thing that kept coming back to me is when I would talk to people about their personal business development and their investing and their success is they all said they didn't have enough time. Mm -hmm. I was like the common denominator. Everybody was, was too busy. And so I said, well, do you have five minutes a day? And everybody has five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And that led to this idea of real estate success in five minutes a day. So that was the first book and it's designed as a daily reader, which is very common in inspirational literature and, and for for a long period of time, but really first time to use it in a instructional informational type industry as well. And so it really caught on because people did have five minutes Mm -hmm. and they found actually by reading about and then implementing one concept a day, you're more likely to remember it. You're more likely to be able to put it in practice when you do it um, because information heavy 
seminars or, or books or any kind of instruction, sometimes you just kind of leave in a fog and you don't mm -hmm. do anything, right? right? So the impact of that, and then it has its core components, which is what led to the second book, and that's the Commit to Get Lead 66-Day Challenge. And both of those led to the podcast, the 5-Minute Success Podcast. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. I, I find it interesting that you talk about having to, you know, you you writing in some sort of story form, like some of those books that really stand out for me that I that have always hit home. You know, we can always go to Rich Dad Poor Dad is written in that way. Yes, uh, The Traveler's Gift. I I can't say enough about that that book, and and they all have that story element. Those are always the ones that I attract that are attracted to. Uh, I, I find it really interesting that, that when you say you started asking, like, do you have five minutes? And you wrote this, this first book in that, with that mindset, was that hard to do? Like, and what kind of lessons uh, did you incorporate early on? And, and uh, the third and follow up on that is, um, I always find it, like you said, I, I like the, the concept of small pieces and trying to get that people to implement things right off the bat. Like how important is that piece as well? Oh my goodness. Well, there's lots of pack here. Yeah. So, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> the one thing I discovered about salespeople and entrepreneurs and they, they tend to have this phenomenon called shiny object scroll syndrome. <laughs> yep. They're always off to the next day, right? right. I mean, they don't yep. really yep. spend enough time actually getting deep into a subject. So I wanted to tap into that because there, that also can be a positive trait in the sense that uh, the new thing is going to get a little more attention and you're going to put focus on it. And so every day in the real estate success of five minutes a day is different. So it's designed as a daily reader and you can to follow the calendar. And because a lot of real estate does tend to follow, you know, a, a calendar like a spring market and different mm -hmm. seasons and that kind of thing. So the stories are going to be relevant for those times of the year for most people. But I did also find that there are core lessons mm -hmm. that are true. Really what I found is, is they're pretty universally true. And the, those four core aspects are interspersed throughout mm -hmm. so the first one being commit to get leads sure until you have a lead a customer a client you know a, a potential investment you or you don't really have anything to do so it, it's a commitment because it's not a oh i think i feel like it today and i don't feel like it tomorrow it, to really sustain success really requires a commitment to getting the leads. So mm -hmm. there's stories that have universal truths inside of this business development prospecting lead generation component of the book. Mm -hmm. And the next one is consult to sell because to create any type of, of business, you have to have a transaction that occurs. A customer, a client, a prospect, a deal has to be done because mm -hmm. at some point there needs to be in business money transfers. And, but also I've discovered nonprofits do this too. They just call it something different, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody does some sort of service or sells a product in order for business to take place. Sure. And so that is consult to sell. So there's principles and lessons, if you will, on that interspersed through the book. And then there's connect, build, and grow. 
what happens with many salespeople, entrepreneurs, is they, they get on a hamster wheel, if you will, and they become very transactional in nature. When they stop working, then they stop working, right? They, it, the whole thing eventually, that's why a lot of people live on, you know, kind of a roller coaster life. So they're only as good as their next deal. <laughs> they ride the deal and they get the, the high of it and then they go back down and, and start all over again. So mm -hmm. connect to build and grow is systems, it's leverage, it's scale, it's creating an ongoing sustainable enterprise to get mm -hmm. off of that hamster wheel, to get off that roller coaster. So that's a key component of, of all business, really. And then the, the next one or the one that encompasses them all is what I call success, thinking, activities, and vision. And it really is all three because if you think you just have thinking, affirmations or whatever, I mean, you don't do anything. At, at some point, it's just all in your mind, right? If you have vision but you don't think about how to implement and you don't put the activities in place, the vision will more likely just be a pipe dream, right? Mm -hmm. People, a lot of people have a lot of action going on, but they don't have any direction. They don't have any vision. So that could, you know, you could be running in place. Um, so the, it really requires all three. Mm -hmm. uh, most people create a vision for as an investor or they're playing for their business or their, their life. And then they think about how to do it, which is planning, but then they act, but then there's the actual doing it because mm -hmm. sometimes people have a vision and they'll have the thinking, but they don't put anything into place. So they just think it's going to happen by osmosis, I guess. Um, there's some people out there that say it does uh, manifesting it, but I find that they've requires action, right? It requires right. actually calling people, finding deals, doing deals, uh, getting them in the pipeline. Um, all requires requires action so the book is a compilation of all those concepts but dispersed in this is this individual small pieces so why small pieces there's been a lot of research about habit formation mm -hmm. and how people learn and integrate and the the benefit of small is first of all you, you start small and you can build from it right you try to start big and you don't have anything you know the fundamentals of you know, even just this construction of a house right you don't like build the house you build the building blocks to build the house right the components right. Right. so the same thing applies in building a core knowledge skills and abilities in in sales or business or whatever endeavor you're in, uh, Parkinson's law states that um, restricting and limiting time actually can make people more efficient or effective. I'm sure you've had this phenomenon or your audience has or your community that right before you get ready to leave on vacation, you are a very productive person. Would you mm -hmm. agree? Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you've limited and restricted time. And you've said, this is what's got to get done between mm -hmm. now and then. And you've learned to delegate or to delete or to, you know, not kick the can down the road and do it at a later point. Right. Um, you, you, will, you will do that. So this builds that in, mm -hmm. that innate, uh, because people, 
if they think, oh my gosh, I've got to read the whole book, oftentimes that tsunami of potential information is so overwhelming that many people don't do anything, mm-hmm. right? So this breaks down that barrier too. It's the same phenomenon that people that are wanting to start an exercise program, you know, you leave the shoes out, you have the exercise, you know, your, all your clothes ready to go. You're stumbling over it when you get up in the morning, you're more likely to put them on and, and do it, right? So mm-hmm. you, you want to knock over that first domino and then that, that has that impact. So the small is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked a lot about analysis paralysis. And you're, mm. it sounds like you're really talking about ways to overcome that because we've, frankly, we, we host quite a few real estate meetups and, and talks and, and get togethers. And the, the, we do see quite, quite a few people that come month after month after month to these things. And it's a year in and they've yet to take any noticeable action. They're still accumulating content or cu- accumulating data. Um, in fact, I'd almost call them data hoarders. You know, they're just <laughs> they're just just there to to consume more information for the 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 right time to take that action. Um, what do you what would you say to people who are are waiting for just that right moment? Well, in terms of investing in real estate, I'm sure you've heard the proverb: "When was the best time to plant a tree?" Yeah. Yeah, 20 years ago, when the yeah. next best time is now. Uh, I either that is, that is some urgency right there. The many people succumb to this data analysis. I've, you know, they're waiting for the perfect moment. They're waiting for the the perfect opportunity, the perfect deal, whatever. Well, there there really is no perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the the way I break it down is. You know, some in some ways, like the whole tree analogy, right? Uh, I look at my my future self, and I say, future self, you know, will you <laughs> be glad you did this or regret that you did this, mm-hmm. or, or that you didn't do it, right? I look to the future as whatever level I want to project out, and I then I look to the past and I look for evidence that the decision is been valid in other situations. You may not mm-hmm. have an exact situation, but I mean, that's what comparables are, right? I mean, or any kind of valuation model or whatever, you're looking for that. Mm-hmm. And then I use those two to help me make a decision whether this is something to act on now. Right. If somebody keeps doing it over and over again, I mean, that's the definition of insanity or stupidity or I mean, right. I mean, uh, that's where they're, their own probably, uh, they're, they're the ones that are stopping themselves. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. I, it's, it's, uh, you, you can't really convince people to do it. They have to make their own decision. But, uh, in the end, it's, it's always been a curiosity to me as to what, what, what trigger would cause somebody to finally take that action. Well, I, what um, there's been a lot of research, but the one that comes to mind is the the author of the book, uh, The Five Regrets of the Dying. <laughs> mm. And that is one of the regrets is that you didn't do in your life what you wish you would have done. Mm-hmm. And so that is, you know, to again, to project, will you later regret it? 
now I, there are situations where people have regret real estate purchases, right? I mean, mm-hmm. people who bought high at the top of the market in, uh, in our market area, which would have been 0405, I wish they'd bought it, you know, in 08 or 09. Um, and so I'm not saying that it's a, a hundred percent. And I think that there is some, in this current market environment, at least in the, the metro DC area, there is some thought that market is peaking again mm-hmm. and that they people still have that muscle memory, if you will, of the last run up and then subsequent crash. And I think that is one thing I see that stops people. Mm-hmm. So there is some data that's beneficial. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, I do believe in data analysis. What you're talking about is analysis paralysis. Uh, right. So looking at the, the differences in the market cycles to see if it really truly is a similar phenomenon that's happening or whether it, it could behave differently. Um, it, it, a lot of it depends on what type real estate and there's so many factors, but if you're looking at the fact that this is a, what most investors would consider a, a good investment and there's some people that don't do it, I would say that's probably going to be always the case. Sure. Well, let's go a little bit into your, into your list of things. You know, I, number one, commit to get leads. I, I, I uh, this is one of those things that I, I think is, is the way you worded that is really interesting because um, I think uh, when people commit to, to take some kind of action, they get caught up in doing, I, I almost call it the romanticizing the grind that they need to, as long as they're busy with something, um, they, uh, it, it, at least they feel busy. Yeah. At least they feel busy. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Commit to the commit to get leads. What, what do you mean by that? What do you, how? Well, first of all, it's a decision, a commitment, a decision rather than a, I think it would be a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what I see a lot of people are like, yeah, when I get around to it, when I have time, I'm like, yeah, you're not going to have time. You have to decide that this is part of your, because that's what often, even when people are successful, one of their, the, one of the number one downfalls of successful people is they get too busy to do the core Mm -hmm. and the core is committing business development ongoing because that that's, what's going to get off the roller coaster. If you constantly have in your pipeline, then you'll be, more likely to have an even output because that's what you can control. You can mm-hmm. control your input. You cannot necessarily control the output because the market forces or factors right. will fluctuate that. And one of the strategies that I've used to success and many people I know um, that I've, since I've shared it with them, I found many successful people use this well is um, activity tracking or blocking rather than time Mm -hmm. because time is a created thing (laughs) and what i find is is that many people what you were talking about busy Mm -hmm. they're busy doing a lot of things but they're not necessarily doing the activities that will lead to business right and that came out of my our daughter when she was in early elementary middle school she had some learning disabilities and we would take her to tutors and she had a brilliant strategies on how to use up that hour (laughs) Mm -hmm. and not actually get anything done. 
Right. And I would pick her up and I'd go, okay, you got your homework done? Nope. I'm like, what are we doing? So when mm -hmm. people say, oh yeah, I spent two hours lead generating. I'm like, show me the money. Show me the leads. <laughs> I want right. to see. Right. So I'm a firm believer in tracking. And tracking offers a lot of benefits over time blocking. One mm -hmm. is uh, you have numbers of, that you can actually keep track of. And you can do your conversions and you can determine what level of activity in order to achieve the results you want, it takes. Mm -hmm. And then for me, I, I work basically on a weekly basis, although I do chunk it down to daily number of activities mm -hmm. based on working days. So I factor in holidays and and travel and training and events that i'm at and then i back in what that means on a working day how many activities i need to to do and then i i keep doing it until i've done those activities mm -hmm. so i could finish maybe if i'm really effective and efficient in an hour but somebody else takes them two or three hours I have many more years in it, so I, mm -hmm. I am more effective and efficient than more people, most people. But the thing is, is that I then am focused on what works rather than figure out how to use up the time with busy work. Yeah, right. No, and, and I, I think that's really important. And when we first started, we we did exactly that. You know, I we defined what we need to do accomplish, and then defined those actually create a list of those act, actual activities that would drive towards the financial outcome. Um, and if we were going to have to design our next business card, it better be after hours. It's not during the time, the prime time, because we, you, next thing you know, you're designing your next website or you're designing a logo or something. Oh, and the next thing Rabbit you know, you blow your, yeah, you <laughs> blow your day. So, one thing that I think is also interesting, you said previously, is uh, you're, when you make that commitment um, to keep it up and to, to do that on a consistent and regular basis, because what I have noticed too is that some people, they will make that commitment or, or they see it as a commitment. They start to go down this leads and then they, they get the fish on the hook and now that is their focus and they forget to do any of the activities that led up to that. So it's this constant having to throw that line out in the water, right? You have to, it, that activity can't stop just because you might've found something. And then it, then they get disappointed when the, when the deal falls apart or something. Yeah. They don't they, have anything else. Yeah. Right. They get really they, invested. They, that activity has got to be on a constant regular basis. And you know, some people are like, they're, they're not very good jugglers, right? right. Um, or task switchers or whatever it is that they are attempting to do. Uh, this is where you can learn skills in either delegating or deleting. You will become effective and efficient in the things that are going to benefit you. Then put your energy into that, right? right. Um, so that is the, if what I find, what is the the stopping lead generating is the thing that 
I see hurts more businesses, more entrepreneurs, more investors, more salespeople. Uh, so it's, it is a skill and it's ability and it can be learned, mm -hmm. but it has to be intentional. And that's mm -hmm. why the commitment has to come first. Sure. So let's go to the next one. Consult to sell. Um, what do you, can you kind of go a little bit into detail what you mean by that? So some people look at, at this process as conversion, mm -hmm. which is a common term in sales. And that is where you're, you're taking a prospect or a deal or whatever, and you're turning it into business. I chose the word consult because the one thing I found is, is that uh, converting people sometimes could backfire, if you will, <laughs> mm -hmm. because they may not have been fully consulted. And so then there's, you know, buyer's remorse or the deal falls through because you, know, you left out, you know, a key aspect to it. Consulting is a, is a mindset. It's a perspective that you were there to, to be the, intermediary or the person that makes it happen mm -hmm. and you're not actually doing it so it's not like you're doing it to the deal or to the person you're creating the environment and you're putting the the people the whatever is in place to make it happen if it doesn't happen if the deal doesn't happen then the best thing i found is to release it to the universe mm -hmm. <laughs> And sometimes it finds a way back, but sometimes it also means that you've been putting a lot of energy, and you've heard of this, where people work really hard to force a deal, or um, that, that oftentimes that backfires. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like consulting better than converting. I think that it has the mindset to put in the, the in, into the, the, the situation, the transaction, the deal, whatever it is, uh, that you're there to make the, whatever needs the environment for, to create the environment, right. uh, but you're not going to make it happen. Sure. Sure. Okay. So I, I think that is, a lot, you know, we definitely see that quite a bit. Like, uh, um, and I think it's interesting the way you're you're saying being a be a, basically be a consultant instead of a salesperson because uh, when you're in these situations and you're talking to, you know, let's face fact, you know, I'm talking to a lot of distressed sellers. Um, the the worst thing you could do is become hardcore sales in those situations because they're they're in a they're in a bad situation. Um, and what they you know. <laughs> yeah, but you resist. Yeah, they feel that. They really do. And that's one of the, it kind of goes back to the commit to get leads. If you're constantly lead generating and doing business development prospecting, you're going to be less desperate yourself, mm -hmm. right? Because that is, comes across to people. No, they sure. feel that. And so it, they go together. Mm -hmm. But the, the, really in any situation, but I will say that in a distress situation, when they feel that um, persist, and I'm a very persistent person, but there is a time, I think it reminds me of that old country Western song, know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk right. away, know when to run. It just, it, it's, it's, it's something you can learn because I can't say that I was good at, at the beginning, right. but the more I, you know, I'm probably at 1500 transactions and the more I recognize the fact that when uh, 
there's just a really a lot of resistance that it's, it's sometimes right. it's best for me to release and step back and, and become a consultant. Sure. Sure. So connect, build and grow is your next one. So there are and systems, right? And scale and leverage so much available when people sales people or investors or whatever are getting stuck in the weeds, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? They're in there. This is a classic working in their business. The connect to build and grow is to working on the business. Right. So to go beyond only as good as your next deal requires not reinventing the wheel over and over again. Right. And some of that is leverage that's from listening to podcasts and reading books and talking to other people that have gone before. Mm -hmm. Some of it's the leverage, that's a leverage of knowledge. There's leverage of systems, um, putting into practice just even simple things like, you know, I have a, a, a email form kind of letter, if you will, that I personalize for each situation, but for all the different aspects of the transaction. So I don't like rewrite the email every time, right? I right. take the components and I personalize it for the situation. There's so many things like that. So the idea of connect, build, and grow is to think about how you can put energy into, instead of just reinventing the wheel over and over again, put energy into setting up these systems in place, the, the scale and the leverage, so that then you can do higher order activities mm -hmm. like lead generation, business development, prospecting and doing deals because, and, and that may mean delegating or it may mean deleting, or it may mean um, finding other ways and people to do the, to do it. And when I say people, some of these people think, oh, we employees or staff or virtual assistant. It could also be allied resources. You know, there are people that are in the industry that you can rely on as leverage. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there's lots of ways to think about leverage, but it's sure. to, to think about how to work on the business and always be doing that. Because I think I heard in one of your podcasts about how, like, for example, technology is always changing, mm -hmm. right? So whether you do anything or not, the world is going to evolve and change. Right. So be proactive about it mm -hmm. and always be, you know, I, I use the Wayne Gretzky quote, he skates to where the puck is going. Right. I'm always looking to skate to where the market is going, skate to where you know, new systems, leverage opportunities are going so that I'm always there, at least for sure when it arrives. <laughs> I mean, right. instead of like trying to skate to it after it's already happened, right? Right. So that's what Connect to Build and Grow is. Sure, sure. And then you said it all ties together with your last one was the success thinking activities and vision. And I actually think that that is one of the biggest activities that uh, people really need to do is, is not only decide what their vision is, but to take a moment and write it down. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's been proven the most successful people that have been studied are, are they take as much time to think about it as they do to, to do it. Mm -hmm. And 
if you think about it in terms of as an entrepreneur or investor, your business opportunity is only going to grow to the, your capacity. Right. So if you increase your own capacity, then you already created a more abundant opportunity zone. Right. right. So it really, the re- that's the reason why it encompasses it. It's not a separate activity. Right. <laughs> Successing activities and vision is, is integral. Mm-hmm. And what I found, I spent many years and resources on business coaching and masterminds, and, and I still do that. But where I really made major leaps and transformations is when I started working on myself <laughs> and investing in myself. And Warren Buffett, so what, you know, the ultimate investor, he said that yourself, you were the, the greatest investment you have. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, my ability, your ability to create value and to build wealth is your greatest asset. Mm-hmm. So investing in yourself is your best investment. Yeah. No, I can't agree more. And as, and uh, I'm, I'm sure people get tired of hearing me say it, but as, if, if you don't write it down, it's always been, it's, it, it's a dream. As soon as you do, it becomes a target and uh, you need to, you need to adapt accordingly. You know, I, I really enjoyed our conversation here today and I have a feeling we could chat all afternoon, but um I can't recommend your podcast enough. So where can they find you, tune you in and find your books? So everything is the number five minute success. So that makes it easy to remember the five minute success podcast. I came about because I was on a lot of other people's podcasts, real estate success oriented, that type of platforms that I I found that the conversation was really true for almost every business and entrepreneurship and even nonprofits. And so the five minute success is conversations with people in all different coaches, authors, um, as well as, as real estate, which is the primary focus. And then the website is the number five minute success, same with Facebook and LinkedIn and all of those sites, uh, social media, and the books are all available on Amazon, of course. And if anybody who needs quantity, just tell them to reach out to me. I'm a pretty Googleable. <laughs> Googleable. <laughs> well, well, is that I, a verb now to Google? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So I thanks again. It was it was great chatting with you, and I hope we can do it again sometime. Yes, and here's to your success. We've put a lot of effort into providing useful content, and if you've found value in the show and have any interest in supporting us with a small donation, head over to patreon.com slash housedudes. And if you have any thoughts or questions, shoot us an email at info at housedudes.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at housedudes. And if you like what you're hearing, head over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It really helps other investors out there find the show. And remember... Massive positive impact requires massive positive action. We'll see you next time. This episode was brought to you by housedudes.com. Do you have time to actively manage flipping and rentals yourself? If so, go for it. If you live in a market that won't cash flow or don't have the time to do all the work, are you just out of luck? If there was a way to participate more passively, would that appeal to you? I'm sure you have questions about how the process works and what to do next. 
If that's the case, fill out the form on housedudes.com slash investors, and we'll reach out to see if you are a good fit for our business. This is First Come, First Serve, and we will have to stop taking applications when our goals are met. See you at housedudes.com slash investors. I don't like to tell a man what to do with his money, but if you ain't investing in property, then you're dumber than a dummy. I'm not dumb. I'm smart. Well, buy property. That's my advice. 